0: As if the Disneyland reopening wasn't enough, we've also got Halloween announcements, health and safety changes, and first impressions from Universal's latest and greatest. That and more, all on today's Park Hop. Hello, and welcome to the great Park Hop. My name is Julian James, and continuing to join us live from the Hall cave, Halloween costume planning is heavily underway. The man, the myth, the legend, Henry Hall. Every other week, we get together to discuss the latest and greatest theme park news happenings and burning topics from the lands of Disney, Universal, and beyond. Before launching into things, we always like to note that Henry works at the Walt Disney Company. As always, though, his opinions are fully his own so henry we are in the beginning of march am i right may <laughs> may we are in the beginning of may whoa wait a second where are we right now what where what time is it no okay we're in the beginning of may yeah good uh good correction there so did halfway to halloween kind of catch you off guard as well because that definitely was the case for me i was like oh yeah that's right this is a uh, this is a thing when that announcement rolled through.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, you know, something that I don't generally always think about that they that they did last year, of course, to, you know, show us, just to remind us that I'm not going to get to go to Disneyland <laughs> during Halloween. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's something I don't generally think about. Uh, and then it, it pops up and then it's like, oh, that's nice. You know, at least they had a yeah. nice announcement this time so <laughs>
0: yeah yeah it, it's it's a
1: weird thing like i'm not 100%
0: sure uh or i'm not 100% bought in on this kind of like you know made up thing that they're they're doing where you know uh it's halfway to halloween and they've they start talking about kind of some of the big announcements that they have for at least uh, the parks that they're doing uh halloween celebrations at so yeah last year was super weird because uh I mean, if you remember, like we, all of the parks were still closed. You're right. Like it, it felt like an announcement to say, Hey, don't forget about us. Like, don't, don't, don't count us out quite yet. Still maybe continue to plan on coming. If not Halloween then soon, but yeah, the parks are still in your conscious mind. And, uh, and man, I remember like you and I just kind of going back and forth thinking like, is hey, is Disneyland going to be open by then? I think at that point we were still pretty hopeful (laughs) that was going to be, that was going to be a possibility that Disneyland would be open in 2020 at some point. Um, and, and then also of course, like as an extension of that, would there be any kind of Halloween celebration? So clearly wasn't meant to be, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, so it was, it's weird to even think about like, Oh yeah, last year was, was such a, a different thing. And so maybe I just have a bad taste in my mouth from last year thinking about, all of that. Or like I said, it it just feels like a very weird thing to be in May before like we've even hit like real hardcore summertime and to be like, Hey, let's start thinking about Halloween. But, uh, but that's what we're doing, man. That's what, uh, that's what they're pushing right now. So yeah, we are, uh, we're halfway, we're halfway to Halloween and, you know, I guess we're starting to see travel pick up. We we're, uh, we're a little bit closer to normal and we've been hearing about Halloween horror nights going on at, at Universal Orlando. that is that's at least been announced. And you and I, and I'm sure many of other people were thinking like, well, what exactly is going to be the the Disney plan? Uh, specifically Disney World, they've been open. Certainly if they're they did Halloween last year or at least kind of Halloween light. Was there going to be some kind of event? And it turned out, yeah, like it. there's going to be a a thing, right? So as part of this announcement of halfway to Halloween, um, they called out that there will be an after-hours event called Disney After Hours, all in caps here, BOO BASH. Not sure the significance of the caps, but they're there. Uh, we don't have a ton of details around this event, but what we do know is that uh, it will take place in the Magic Kingdom on certain nights from August 10th to August
1: 31st. October. It goes through to October 31st, not August
0: 31st. Did I say August three Yeah, it's been, it's been it's been
1: it's been a late
0: uh, <laughs> been a late night. So <laughs> yeah, thank you. August 10th to October. 31st. Things are off to a great start right now. (laughs) Timing will be 9pm to midnight again, like as they usually do if you don't already have a day ticket and reservation for the Magic Kingdom on the day that you do have a ticket for the After Hours event, you will be allowed in that park two hours early, even if you don't have a reservation. So you would be able to enter and start hanging out and riding rides and and doing your thing at 7pm. You do know that for this after-hours event, there will be entertainment, which will include themed cavalcades, character sightings, decor, lighting, music, treat stops, performances from the Cadaver Dance. So, bringing out all of the uh, the classics from last year as well. Guests are going to be allowed to uh, to be wearing costumes here.
1: So. Well. It was a little bit different because uh, last year they allowed you to wear costumes all day. Uh, now you can wear costumes during the event, but outside of the event, you're not allowed to wear the costume.
0: Yes. Don't show up at the beginning of your day in costume because that won't happen. Also masks are a big no-no. Yeah. That being said, are you planning on going in costume this time around, Henry? Probably not. Probably not. Broke my heart right there. I, I had a couple of ideas. Maybe next year. Um, anyway, tickets are going to be going on sale in June. They are going to be available first to guests of uh, Disney hotels. So if you're staying at a hotel, you're going to get the first crack at it. So yeah, that's that. That is it's the bigger of the announcements that was made as part of this uh, this halfway to Halloween announcement. It, definitely interesting that they are, we've been talking back and forth about kind of Mickey's not so scary Halloween party. Um, and now this, so yeah, they're definitely making a very clear distinction. This is not the big kind of Mickey's not so scary bash that you come to expect. They're not talking about parades still. They're not talking about like, you know, big fireworks, spectaculars or anything like major like that. It sounds like it, it, it's very similar to some of the stuff that they were doing last year, but that it's carved out as a specific after hours event also perhaps maybe it creates a very clear line of delineation between 50th anniversary celebrations and Halloween celebrations seems like that might make sense too
1: I don't know I think I think they're trying to differentiate between the two because I don't think they're going to go as as and they're not going to have as much stuff maybe as Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. I think it's going to be scaled back from that, but it's going to be scaled up from what they did last year. So it's going to be kind of a middle ground, and I think they're trying to kind of set expectations for that by not calling it the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. Uh, Because I think if you definitely called it Mickey, you know, you're going to set expectations that you're going to have all the stuff that you had during that time, during those uh, events. And of course, uh, you're going to get knocked for it if, you know, if you don't live up to those expectations. So I think right now they're going to have, you know. You, they're setting themselves up so they don't have to live up to those ex- expectations. They may also be able to, they, the plans, their plans may actually somewhat change between uh, the time the actually event actually happens. So maybe they are able to do a little bit more than what they initially planned, but you know, who knows? It's true. It's
0: uh light on details may actually work in their favor here. The, uh, uh the other kind of question that I had, I had a couple more questions that popped into my head about this, but um, the first one was, so you're a hundred percent agree like that, that expectation isn't going to be there ideally for people that are planning on going to this. Like you and I, uh, clearly this is something we're adding on to our trip <laughs> when we're there in October. And so we're going in expecting, yes, this is going to be a scaled down thing they're talking again, cavalcades, not parades. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's going to be definitely scaled down, not in the kind of traditional Halloween party sense. It's an after hours event sense, but does that then risk maybe backfiring? I mean, we're talking about people being disappointed because they're expecting something big. And so this is, this is an attempt to, uh, to kind of diffuse that, but what do you think this price is going to be? Do you think this is going to be sold at the same price that a Mickey's not so scary Halloween party would be? Because then of course you risk the, the, uh, the, the, um the event of somebody paying that same kind of price and being like, Oh, here goes Disney again, charging full price and not delivering me a full price experience.
1: Uh, One, I, I definitely think it's going to be the full price. So, I just, I I think they're just not going to go, they're not going to cut back on the cost because I think if you cut back on the cost now, then when you raise it back up next year, uh, the following year, then people are going to complain. So I think either way, people are going to complain. So you might as well make more money off of it. Um, (laughs) So, um, (laughs) yeah.
0: I think I think that was uh, I think that was JPEG's mission statement this year right is hey they're gonna complain regardless we may as well make that money
1: yeah um, I think they're you know part of it is 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 calling it an after hours celebration so they're giving us maybe a little bit more time maybe uh, so that's gonna be their kind of like explanation for the cost in uh, being what it is, but uh, I would expect that they're not going to cut the costs uh, for it. Um, but I do hope that they deliver on it. I mean, the entertainment is is good, but I mean, it it is sounding a bit light. So I want to hear more details of what they're planning on offering during this time. They do say there's going to be treats um And it sounds like they're going to do like specific treats during that time, potentially. So uh, those after hour, specific after hour treats is always one of those kind of sore spots of I've had in the past of seeing something that looks off like cool during the day. And you're like, oh, we want to get one of those. But nope, unless you're coming to the after hours event, you're uh, not going to get one of those. So um hopefully they they like knock it out the park at least with the uh with the special treats and stuff. Right. So
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean I think too with I mean it, not only is it just scaled down in general uh but of course, yeah, you're right. They'll absolutely have to deliver and yeah, what's what's listed right here like I said. It feels like what they had done last year but just specifically kind of locked into a very special event. So yeah, one would expect that there's a lot more to come, but it almost feels like what they're trying to do is create like some kind of, I don't know, air of air of exclusivity around it of just like, Hey, it's even more stripped down than Mickey's not so scary. So there's going to be less people that are going to be a part of this. So it's like maybe a smaller, more intimate event. I mean, I guess Uh, who knows where, we're going to be in terms of any kind of capacity. Like is capacity going to be back to a hundred percent? Who knows about that? Uh, clearly this would suggest that they're not <laughs> right. Mm. Like one would think that if Disney world was back to hundred percent capacity by October, that they would have a more traditional celebration and not a after hours with cavalcades.
1: True. That actually makes a lot of sense because if, if, Capacity is back up to 100% Then there's no Then social Distancing is probably not an issue Anymore so then they could Do a full on Mickey's not so Scary Halloween party so I think you are correct on that The other question That I had so of course
0: Obviously For us especially but I think In general in the Disney park World all eyes are on Disneyland Right now and so i couldn't I couldn't help, in addition to what was talked about and announced, couldn't help but think about what wasn't talked about and announced. obviously, uh Disneyland was not included in any of this conversation around uh Halloween events or Halloween spectaculars or Halloween, anything right? Yeah. So specifically Disney world a Disney World event. um and so, of course, it got me thinking. So again, because of also because of how excited we were last year about the potential of something like that happening at Disneyland in 2020. Is this what does this mean for Disneyland? Is it a bad sign that we're not hearing anything about that? Do they is it just like, hey, we want all of this attention to be just on the reopening of Disneyland? We're still in the early processes of, of that thing, and so we don't like by the time October hits still a very you know good chance that they're still going to be in the process and in, in some later phase of reopening? Or is it just kind of like, hey, we'll get to that at some other point later. We really want the focus to be on this Disney World announcement. We really want the focus to be on Disneyland opening. And then that'll be something that they hit at a later date. Like, should I be prepared, Henry, for there to be like no celebration around Halloween other than decorations at disneyland i'm confident that that's going to be there
1: i think i don't know about anything i think um actually i think they are going to do something but right now i think they're they're stepping out what they're doing because one right now they have um they have the announcement for disney for magic kingdom For now but then for disney we have the opening which is big deal and then right after the opening we have avengers campus opening up so i think these are events that they want to kind of like you know highlight first and then come like about july um they'll probably like announce something i think they're also trying to like seeing gauging how things are going too so um I think it's it's still like they're kind of getting their feet, you know, you know, just getting ready and prepared for all this. Because I think they also probably have to do a lot of hiring and bringing people back and stuff. So good point. I think they're they're trying to. I think they're going a bit slower than what we would expect. Um, At least for Magic Kingdom, they've had the time to get up to this point so they're in a better position to like set up a a big deal like event like this um whereas Disneyland still still just pretty much you know getting their footing you know after just opening so um you know even looking at what is open and what is going on right now in in Disneyland with this with this for the opening you know it's you know, they're still, you know, getting up to speed. So I I think we're going to get something. It'll, it may not be, it's, it's probably not going to be a full-on event. It's probably going to be scaled back. Um, so, uh, but I expect they're definitely going to have, uh, I would expect that they would at least have costumes, I mean, decorations, and then they would probably have, some form of after hours, uh, you know, entertainment, d event, but uh, we'll see what, what it is, if they're going to call it the same thing or if they're going to like brand it something completely else or what. So,
0: yeah, no, that makes sense. It, if you were to place a bet right now on whether or not the Haunted Mansion overlay happens. For Halloween, with uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, which way are you going?
1: That's a tough one, but I would go that they're going to do the overlay. Interesting. I have a feeling that they're not. <laughs> That's my.
0: I, I don't. I, I, you know, it's based on nothing other than that things are, yeah, still moving. I think also by the time we get to October, there's this question of like how many. I guess it depends too on like, when are we, when are they allowing out of state visitors coming in? What's the capacity going to be like? So those kind of questions are still going to be there for Disneyland, similarly to how they're there for Disney world. But I just feel like, man, you know, you're still going to probably have people coming in that are revisiting Disneyland for the first time. And you know, the, 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 the reason that there is no haunted mansion holiday, the overlay, over at Disney World, at least as the the word is, (laughs) anyway, that uh, the reason they don't do that is because people are visiting oftentimes the first time and there's a very specific expectation of what Haunted Mansion is when people show up and they don't want people visiting for either their first time or like their once-in-a-lifetime trip and it be an overlay that uh, that they don't expect or don't want. They want it to be like a very static idea of what the Haunted Mansion is. I almost get the feeling that at least for this year, that may be the case for Disneyland's version two, right? It's, it's just coming out of a big refurbishment as well. There's a couple of new changes that have happened. And like I said, by the time October hits around, you're still probably gonna have a lot of people shuffling to the park. That haven't been since it's reopening, and are going to want to see that original version of Haunted Mansion. So I have a feeling because of that, they're they're going to skip it just for this year. It's just it's just a gut feeling
1: at this. Point. That's I mean that's a very very good point. But the other thing I would say is that um, my counter to that would be that the fact that Disneyland is a locals park, so people have you know more of the people will have already seen it and it's become they've done it for so long now that it's kind of it is a tradition at this point and it's expectation so i think uh, especially since they've actually done like special like little events of where they've had like you know danny elfman come and play the music in front of the haunted mansion with the overlay and, uh, doing the like, you know, nightmare before Christmas music there. So it's, it's very now become kind of like this well-known thing that they do. So I think, and it's kind of a, I don't know if I'd say easier is the correct term, but it's, it's kind of like one of those things that they can do, um, that, uh, to kind of get people in for Halloween and the holidays uh, without like, I mean, I think if it wasn't there, people are going to complain that it's not there. So I think, you know, and that is only going to hurt them for like holiday traffic and Halloween traffic. So I think it's something that they can do um, and that, I think it's some, that's why I think they will do it at least I should say.
0: Uh, it's a good counter. No, that's a good counter for sure. Well, what we know for sure will be happening. Speaking of the haunted mansion, but we know will be happening in the fall is that there will be, and this is, this was the second big announcement that came out of this ha- halfway to Halloween uh kind of PR blast. <laughs> but we know that the muppets will have a special on disney plus halloween special not just any special where it, it it's called called titled muppets haunted mansion again don't know a ton of details here other than a very brief synopsis which is that it takes place on halloween night and that gonzo is challenged to spend the night at the one and only Haunted Mansion. Henry, I know this has got to get you excited, man. This is like two of your favorite things met and had a baby. <laughs> that baby is coming fall
1: on Disney+. Plus. Well, I'm definitely going to watch it. I really, like, it's, it, they were very vague in what they, like, the the teaser for it was, was, was even low for, like, very very minimal <laughs> even for yeah. a teaser, other than like, hey, we're doing this. And then they yeah. gave a bunch of history on the haunted mansion. It's like, okay, well, yeah, I kinda know this stuff, but what is the 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 Muppet thing gonna be? So like it was kind of a weird teaser, but uh I'll I'll still watch it.
0: Yeah. It uh it, it, it feels like it, every once in a while. I mean we complain about this uh, from time to time. I know a lot of people do, but it's like Disney owns the Muppets. It feels like a very underutilized property, certainly within the parks and just in general. Right. And so anytime that uh, Disney is like, Hey, remember we still have the Muppets and we're possibly going to do things with them. It's like, Oh, okay. I feel obligated to watch and support. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know how Muppets now that la- that last series that they did. Um, I don't know how that performed for them, but certainly well enough to do a special. So hopefully, this is a good sign of things to come, and we get uh, we get some Muppets, especially like, dude, let's get some Muppet representation at Disneyland. Oh yeah, uh, there's not a ton at Disney World, but at least they've got the uh, at least they've got the the 3D show going over in Hollywood studios. We don't even have that anymore. So come on.
1: Yeah. They It would be nice if they did like a, they had like a window they put in, in the Hollywood area of PCA. Yeah. And then you would just have like, maybe those have some Muppets pop out and do like, just like a little, little like a interaction with the, you know, with the crowds and stuff. And, you know, it would be great. You know, it's kind of like easy to do. So, uh,
0: yeah. well, we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully, good things happen with this. Uh, hopefully, this special is great. It's not cheap, and that it's uh, yeah, it's it's good times. So that there's more Muppets on the horizon. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get back to Disneyland in a second here. But before we do that, there are a couple of uh, just quick little updates that are worth discussing from, uh, from around some of the other parks. So firstly, we've got some pretty significant changes coming to the health and safety procedures that we've pretty much had in place since last year when, uh, Disneyland and universal opened with the, uh, kind of during the pandemic, I guess, technically it even goes back to, uh, Disney Shanghai. When that opened these, we started seeing like that temperature checks and the social distancing, and the, yeah, yeah, we, we all know. It's so it's all part of normal life right now. But Disney World and Universal uh, Orlando are removing temperature checks by the end of next week. So that'll no longer be a thing. Along with that, Universal is also reducing their physical distancing markers to three feet. They're also bringing back their single rider lines and, uh, and filling a lot of the ride vehicles to... Capacity, so that it's no longer one party per ride vehicle. So that uh, that kind of shortens the appearance of how long those queues are going to be, and then also probably is going to speed things up a little bit. Um, these are all changes that are in accordance with recent statements that have been made from the Orange County, which is where Universal and Disney World are located, uh, with their Department of Health, so and CDC kind of findings as well. So. Uh, yeah. So they're a little, little quick, little step towards normalcy there. And then an update from Universal Studios Hollywood. Remember, I think mean, this was last time we were talking about how uh state of California had said, Hey, we're waiving the requirement that only California citizens can attend theme parks. this was like, you know, as that announcement happened, uh, Universal and Disneyland were both seemingly kind of standing firm on their California residents only. Disneyland is still holding to that. Universal though has decided forget that we're uh, we're going to take the opposite approach. We're going to welcome in out of state guests as long as they can prove that they have been vaccinated. Which I should state as well is part of that, uh, is part of that state. Mandate as well. Hey, bring in out of staters are welcome as long as they can show proof of vaccination. So that is something that they're open to as well. It probably does mean that Disneyland's not too far behind, but we'll see. We do have that January 15th date coming where the state is going to I've called it like an economic reopening, but basically where they're tossing their tiered reopening system. So that probably will give everyone a little bit more flexibility, but we'll we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, any of these changes, though, change your feeling about visiting any of these parks soon, Henry?
1: I don't know if it it really it doesn't change my mind for this stuff, but I think I I just think that's just a nightmare uh, to try and like. It would be more ideal if they had set up some kind of like, you know, vaccination verification. Uh, like something official, uh, that every state is following and there's like a, you know, just one database and they have one like ID card for that or something that everybody got. And it's very official, but like trying to do this without that, I think you're, you're basically gonna, you know, the The odds are that you know somebody's going to go in there who's not vaccinated. So, you know. well, yeah, and it,
0: it it it's one of those things too. I mean, it it seems like a line item that is added that's added to say like, hey, there's options here, but completely up to you to figure out how you're actually going to do that. And by the way, good luck, right? Yeah. So. Uh, The, um, the one kind of piece of feedback that we do have and we'll, again, like, I don't want to get too deep into the Disneyland stuff until a little bit later, but, um, you know, they have that requirement to say California, um, uh, citizens only people that have specifically ID showing that they are residents of California. Um, and so it hasn't been something that is consistently checked. sounds like it's more of a randomized check. So to your point, it's very much like that, uh, that the the Disneyland check and the universal checks are very similar in that like, Hey, you might not get checked, but if you do get checked and you get denied entry after having already purchased a ticket and presumably if you're not a California resident, plan some kind of vacation out here (laughs) or traveled out here don't be upset when they deny you entry because you can't either can't show proof of verification or, you know, you're, you're faking something, uh, because it sounds like there is the possibility that you could be the random check and, you know, they'll deny you if anything looks funky. So, um, so yeah, that's there. I mean, again, who knows how long any of this, uh, specific stuff is going to be even in place. I mean that, so specifically that, requirement of proof of vaccination that will go away again from the state level on the 15th. So it's like, you know, what a month at this point. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a weird thing for them to kind of do, but you know, who knows what their system is. I I haven't heard any reports in terms of how that check on their side is actually going, but, It's, uh, it's something that they're doing apparently. So just, yeah, keep in mind that uh, you proceed with caution, I guess, is the, uh, the best approach there. But, um, but yeah, it seems like for the most part, everything is pretty mellow in terms of the changes, right? Like temperature check. I mean, when they even initially announced them, I remember you and I were kind of like, I guess better than not having them maybe, but like, you can be symptom, you know, you can be asymptomatic and still spread stuff. so what what whatever? Uh, uh, th- three feet down from six feet, uh, that's again, in, in accordance with CDC guidelines. so sure, that all makes sense. It just seems like it, it it's these kind of baby steps toward normalcy. So it's nice to see some progress, regardless. Um, but yeah, speaking of the universal Orlando parks there, uh, what I'm sure definitely won't change your feeling about, <laughs> won't uh, change your feeling about attending uh, the parks over there is this new Velociraptor that is the Jurassic Park themed roller coaster over at Islands of Adventure. It is now going through it. They're referring to them as technical rehearsals, but they're almost, they're using pass holders for these uh these tests. So it's almost kind of like a sneak preview if you're a pass holder as well. Dude, did you get a chance to check out any of the reports or like footage of the queue
1: for this uh for the
0: Velocicoaster Henry?
1: I didn't. I think I heard that the queue was ridiculous. Dude. It that's I think I didn't I didn't go deep into any of the Velocicoaster just because I wanted to be yeah. fresh when I get there. Uh, but I did hear that like, uh, like the cues for it were like, like Dude, ridiculous. It, they
0: are so well done. And you're right. I shouldn't get too deep into spoilers, but the whole theming of the ride is that you are kind of approaching this, uh, this Velociraptor paddock. And this is part of this new kind of, um, program that they have where it allows you to kind of get up and close and personal with the velociraptors. And so the theming starts as soon as you pretty much enter that Jurassic Park area. And as you're walking towards the entrance to the velocicoaster, they've done a really good job of making it seem like you are entering in to this research facility that is within these velociraptor paddocks, Mm -hmm. right? Like The Velociraptor paddocks are on each side of you. And as you're going into this queue, you're getting deeper and deeper into this facility. And, you know, they've got like the uh, PSA announcements from, uh, I forget the character's name, but like the doctor from Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. Um, And so, you know, just explaining the program and everything, they've got these like cool kind of like uh, statue monuments up to make it seem like you're passing through here. Uh, passing through this, uh, this Institute as you're getting deeper in, you're like uh, you can hear Raptors. There's like a, there's, there's video screens that are really well integrated into everything. So um, you actually see the launch of the coaster and Uh, you know, you're like looking through glass and you see the launch of the coaster kind of get blasted out. And then behind it are like raptors that are running after them. (laughs) But they're obviously like projected on the screens. Uh, Just really well done stuff. There are like actual velociraptor animatronics in the queue uh, that are kind of like, you know, like uh, they're, it's like that scene in Jurassic World where they're kind of like um, locked into that weird mechanism that, kind of like keeps them, uh, under control, but you know, they're like these breathing velociraptors that, uh, that are right there in the queue, but regardless, it's just so well done. And, you know, it addresses probably like one of the biggest pet peeves I have about like roller coasters at a lot of these theme parks is that, you know, it, I wouldn't say that it feels out of place, but they just oftentimes feel very undercooked. Like, Doesn't feel like you know, as great as the incredit coaster is, it feels like uh, just kind of like a pre baked roller coaster that is at like six flags, but with like Disney characters kind of pasted in,
1: right?
0: I know that I know that incredit coaster is like a re theme in and of itself, but it's 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 like my biggest issue with like you could say, you know, um. Space Mountain is a much, much better example of a well-done theme that kind of sells this idea that you're in space and they've got all this great theming as you're going through the queue. And then even at the beginning and the end of the ride, they've got these elements that make that kind of sell this
1: idea. Yeah, there's there's no immersion until you actually get on the ride. While like great rides, I mean, even, even I wouldn't say like necessarily just roller coasters, but say like... Indiana Jones, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, and uh, in Space Mountain, you have the theming before you. Act, while you're in the queue, that gets you kind of like immersed into the world of what this ride is supposed to be, and so you're already feeling, you're already, you're already immersed in the world. You're already excited for the ride before you get on the ride because of that. Yeah. So you. You're totally. in the story. I guess you get you get a story before that, and and most like most roller coasters at like places like especially like you know the Six Flags or something like that. They don't they don't have any kind of theming. You're just you get on a you get on a roller coaster, so it's it's, it's a ride. It's not an experience. Whereas and yeah, right. now, <laughs> uh, and I do like that Universal's totally up their game and is now like totally on board ever since like harry potter land you know they started to really get like you know into these like okay we need to not just have a ride we need to have an experience because a ride is fun an experience you remember you know so
0: yeah yep totally and that is 100 sounds like i mean we're not even talking about the actual ride experience which sounds like it's incredible i mean we've seen that track being built for a while uh it, the track looks insane but uh and everyone that that i heard was able to ride it says that it is insane <laughs> so uh yeah but i'm i'm super excited to check this out when we're there in october uh and just hear more people's experience from it because man it looks incredible and like I said they they did such a fantastic job with that queue really sells the idea that you're in this uh, Jurassic Park kind of facility so way to go Universal but as much as we want to gush about Universal here I think we've buried the lead long enough because really the big news lately, has been this reopening of the Disneyland Resort. And Henry, I know that you've been doing a, a deep dive into just all various kind of vlogs and trip reports. Obviously, you're excited about this just like I am, and we've been living vicariously through all of these lucky people that were able to be there during this reopening phase. What were some of the common experiences and just kind of things that stuck out for you as you were taking all of these various people's uh, experience in
1: yeah i mean it's uh well i guess let's break it down by like pros and cons i guess and break it down so, for like me, the Henry. cons so far is, I've, I've mostly heard about is uh one things not everything is open uh that's something that i think a lot of us expected but it still like hits home when you when you're like actually like in the park, there's certain rides that aren't open, and there's certain restaurants that aren't open. So um, it's you have to be a bit more. You have to kind of manage your expectations for there. So like you know, the pizza port wasn't open, uh, and then you, some rides are aren't aren't just like <laughs> people's
0: experience was shattered <laughs> because there was no pizza port
1: well, in Tomorrowland. Yet. Well, I mean, there's you know other places that aren't open either, like, of course, Blue Bayou being a big one, but, you know, but, uh, uh, and then also like, you know, certain rides not being open, even like, like, cause, uh, the temperatures were really hot, like, uh, Grizzly, you know, wasn't open. Um, yeah. So, but I mean, these places, some of these rides may open up later. Uh, some of them are just under refurbishment, but it is something that kind of, you know oh man it's so hot it'd be great to go on a water ride and that one's closed. um and then uh another con was that you know you really need to like um plan your food for the day uh early because mobile ordering is is the key here and uh those mobile ordering slots are filling up super fast. So um and you're not allowed to walk up to these uh order at the uh at the register. It it's all being mobile orders. So um if you want to eat at 12, don't expect to make an a mobile order at 12 and you're gonna get what you want at 12. Yeah. You need to like make your mobile order at like say 10 if you want to eat at 12 to ensure that you get what you want. Uh, Yeah. I've seen that. Keep keep an eye on that. Those mobile order windows for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, and, um, and then the other thing that seemed to be kind of uh, like a a bit of a bother. And and it was kind of a pro and a con is like, of course the, the, the character meet and greets are, you know, you're, you're not allowed to get up close to them. So everything is done from afar. So uh, you're going to have to stand in line, but you're still not going to be able to get super close. So uh, that's something you have to kind of like uh, manage your expectations and the line to get in, get through security. If you're there at the <laughs> opening was ridiculous. And, and it was just security because yeah. once you actually got, past that and you were in the uh in that open area between the parks it was fairly like empty you know they were getting you into the park but uh, supposedly the lines went fairly quick even through security they were moving along but they were definitely like very daunting if you were to like just like walk by you would probably like i am not getting in that line because they were going down south right. harbor avenue uh so yeah. it was is it was, they were pretty long uh but they did move from what they uh from what i heard they did move actually fairly fast so uh now the the pros is that you yeah, give me those pros man this is this is what we're here yeah. for right so um actually <laughs> like uh the times that they've uh, – wait times for uh, rides, the longest wait time I saw uh, people were reporting was like 20 minutes long. So yeah. uh, you were actually yeah, – Money. So it was pretty short wait times. Uh, of course, the other pros is that people are – from reports I've heard, Sleeping Beauty, uh, the new Sleeping Beauty like redo is – very nice. It's, Snow White. Oh, yeah, Snow White. Ugh, I can't believe I said that. Uh, it's, it, it, yeah, it's this is the way things are going <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah. it's, that, it's that kind yeah. of episode. So Snow White's redo is, is, is really de- well done. Uh, it makes more sense at the end from what people are saying. And even though the line is ridiculous, it actually moves really, really, really fast from what they were saying. Uh, like it went yeah. all the way like – out of like fantasy land, I think it went into like the uh the square, I think, at one point from what they were saying, but uh uh it actually moved really fast. Um, and then of course, uh, the Haunted Mansion was really nice, the the uh renovations on that was good, even Indiana Jones. From what I heard, everything was working <laughs> when they rode Indiana Jones. <laughs> I know that, give it about. <laughs> <laughs> two or three weeks <laughs> but uh the rides were like everybody was liking the, the fact that the rides were were operating and were the updates were good uh yeah and the white weight lines were were so so short uh of course the park capacity was like since it's low uh not it's like fairly like looking empty you know as far yeah. as like when it goes, comes to, to Disney. Um, and it seems like even like, uh like it appeared that a lot of people who went to DCA were, had a uh, park hopper uh, tickets. So after a certain point of time, DCA became even, even less like congested because people were going over to yeah. Disneyland after one o'clock. So, um, you were able to, like, people were able to go on the rides, like, at DCA, I think the people I heard were just, they went on everything they wanted to multiple times and still had, like, two hours at the end of the day to go, uh, to do more stuff, so... Uh yeah. the other thing is is that uh the Monte Cristo is also being sold at smoke jumpers still. So yes. you don't have to go to uh Cafe Orleans only to get it at this point. So
0: it's kind of a bummer though, like if you are in Disneyland, your only option is still smoke jumpers. Like if you only have a one park pass or a one park ticket. You're not going to be able to jump over to spoke jumpers, but uh, it's still great that there's another yeah,
1: option. I mean, and it's, I, I believe it's the cheaper version, which is the smaller portion version. So it's, it's a little bit cheaper and probably better for one person. Uh, so yeah, for sure. Uh, and uh, people, even though uh, people weren't allowed to like really get close to the, uh, to the, character meet and greet at the character meet and greets they were getting uh people actually liked some of the new um interactions that they were doing outside of those meet and greets uh they were doing some less traditional meet and greets where they still had like uh at the touch of disney they had um like Chippendale still kind of running through the uh the the woods uh and redwood creek challenge Trail, yeah yeah they're in that area, and then uh, they had like Frozone, like waving at the people on their incredible coasters, so it's like a little more kind of accessible and a little bit more natural uh, meet and greets that people kind of liked of the characters, so yeah, it's kind of a pro and a con. You can't get close, but they're out doing other things as well, so it's a little, you know, you get a little bit better uh, interactions with them a little
0: bit. I don't know. So, uh, no, I mean, it seemed like they were, it was like they, um, whoever was planning out where these characters were going to be, did a great job of just complementing the area and, or kind of like brides that they were present there for, because, you know, to your point, it's like having Frozone in the credit coaster makes total sense. And, even kind of adds a little bit to the incredible Coaster, right we were just talking about how felt kind of tacked on in terms of that theming having those kind of characters there pumping up the crowd making it feel like oh yeah this is more of an incredibles thing uh seems like a a, a major ad so yeah totally it makes makes total sense what you're saying yeah
1: the only thing is is that uh I don't know why, but for some reason, uh maybe some maybe they kind of dropped the ball when it came to Stitch, but they put Stitch like so out of the way um that it was kind of <laughs> like he was just kind of hidden away over by the um uh that area that usually has Miguel over for from Coco. Oh um, yeah. Right. But Stitch was over there. And <laughs> it was just so weird and so out of the way that it's like, nobody's going to know he's really here,
0: you know? Yeah. So he's just the wild card in the rotation.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, uh, those are the main like, uh, pros and cons. Otherwise, you know, everybody was like enjoying it and enjoying the low capacity, uh, was, was a big deal. Like, but of course, as you, you can probably figure out the reservation, uh, food was kind of the, the big deal. Like that was like, people were kind of more irked about because, you know, either like you're not going to be able to get, the reservations are hard to come by or the, the, um, you know, the mobile order windows are, are like super late for when you're wanting to eat. And then, um, and then, like, even I've ha- I heard that there was like some instances where, uh, I guess, like one the um, the booth across from uh, the chicken where you get the chicken across from the midway mania, it opened up late, mm. like around twelve. Oh, yeah, lame. it opened up twelve at twelve, and then like somebody rolled in there, and I guess they got all ten of the like food that they had just prepared for the opening and anybody who wanted anything else had to wait like another hour <laughs> before oh. they had more, uh, chicken, chicken That's So, um, yeah.
0: Yeah. I think if, the, if there's one major complaint that I heard from most people, it was the food situation seemed to, to sting pretty hard. I mean, it, it, it uh, I mean, we were, we were already anticipating this <laughs> a little yeah. bit, right. with, the fact that there were only two table services that were very reduced capacity in each park meant that uh, people were going to be relying much more heavily on these quick services with the mobile order. And, you know, that uh, the menus in all of these places were pretty stripped down. Yeah. I think that was something we were hoping maybe was going to be modified, maybe changed a little bit. Maybe there was going to be some stuff added uh breakfast, for instance, (laughs) like breakfast was going to be a thing that ended up not being the case. So it's like, if you want breakfast, you're very limited in terms of where you're going to be able to go. Maybe you can get something sweet at the uh, Jolly Holiday Bakery. Maybe you'll be able to get something at Starbucks. But that just meant that during the morning time, those places were crushed. Uh, And, you know, yeah, like it's mobile order is a really convenient thing during normal times but if everyone's doing it this was this was a complaint I had heard at uh, Touch of Disney which which is kind of surprising that uh that Disney didn't didn't fix this but yeah with everyone mobile ordering it meant that uh, yeah there were very long lead times from when you were ordering to when you were picking up if you were not very early in the morning and so that uh that's kind of a, a disappointment. It sounded like what they did do, at least for some of these table service places is because all of those reservations just banged out immediately. Um, and people just snatched them up within like the first hour of them being available for most of the dates that were open. It sounds like they did implement a, uh, a up wait list where you could put your name and they had like a certain amount of slots throughout the day and you know if you, you you could look i think they even added something to the app where it showed you hey if you add your name to the walk up wait list now it'll be like a 60 minute wait or something like that so um so there's a little bit of flexibility there again like you have to be very on your game <laughs> it has to be a major part of something that you're targeting uh, in order to do that you also have to be very flexible in terms of when that timing occurs but uh but yeah that seemed like that was that was a major bummer for a lot of people and it, i think that makes total sense yeah. right
1: i mean it's it's tough because i mean it, you know you may never you may not be necessarily like ready when you're like when are you going to be hungry you know and now you got to really plan out when you're going to be hungry and then you got to like stay on top of like oh, is, is this place going to have availability when I'm hungry or it's going to be available when I'm not hungry anymore? <laughs> it's like, you know, it's just one of those things that it's just another complication in in the day that you don't, I mean, food is one of those things that you don't want to really have like uh, be overly complicated, but
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and Disneyland like goes out of their way to to uh, kind of stand out when it comes to their food scene yeah. again because they want those locals to keep on coming back for their favorites. The other things that stood out for me, so uh, you hit on most of the 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 kind of biggies here, but uh, there were just some some wild uh, extended queue layouts that oh. that happens. So, uh, you know, so uh, Indiana Jones was pretty wild, and that you know because their queue is so long anyway, but it's indoors, and the big rule was. Uh, all of the queue waiting has to be outdoors. You can't have like people piled up in these indoor areas. So for a ride like Indy, where probably like two thirds of that queue is inside, uh, or at least inside the, uh, the queue building um, you know, that, that, that creates a problem. And so they had their extended queue snaking up uh, through the jungle cruise, kind of upstairs Mm -hmm. area and downstairs area. And even though the jungle cruise is closed right now, so no big deal um and then the the other interesting thing so uh this was something this is a callback to a very long time ago when maybe the parks first closed um you know with the addition of rise of the resistance we had this concept of a virtual queue that was introduced with everybody mm-hmm. right and there was there was stuff added in the app there was something there was like a menu added in the app that suggested that there would be the potential of other virtual queues for other rides that might open up at some time. This was a big, this was the initial speculation for how Disneyland was going to reopen was that all the queues were going to be virtual so that nobody was kind of slammed in with one another waiting in line that everyone could just be somewhere else in the park and wait in their virtual queue. There hasn't been any announcement about this until Just now with Indiana Jones, there is a virtual queue set up for Indiana Jones, uh, the ride. So uh, they they basically say during certain really busy points on the ride, they're going to open up a virtual queue for it. And it's handled much in the same way as Rise of the Resistance in that you uh, get kind of a, a boarding pass number. I, they might call it a queue position. I don't remember if it's called a boarding number either but or as well. But yeah, so you have a number and they kind of tick through numbers throughout the day. And once your number is called, then you're good to go. But that does mean that you can only be in the virtual queue uh, once per day. So if that means that for whatever reason the Indiana Jones is using virtual queue for the rest of the day and you've already ridden it once through the virtual queue system, you will not be able to rewrite it. Uh, also worth noting though, too, you can be in the virtual queue for both rise, of the resistance and Indy at the same time, but pretty wild, dude, we've got a whole nother virtual queue ride that's actually being used right now. So that, that, that system is being proved out as we speak. It'll be interesting to see how much, they they kind of leverage that. How much they use it for Indiana Jones throughout uh, throughout uh, you know this, this kind of reopening phase. Especially, it'll be really interesting to keep an eye on it when capacity increases uh, because it's already pretty wild. It's just going to get more wild. Also, does that mean that when capacity increases, that more rides are going to be added to that virtual queue system? I guess I guess maybe it won't be an issue because we'll be able to queue indoors by then. So maybe it won't be as, as big of a deal, but, uh, pretty, pretty wild to see this, uh, this system actually come to fruition. There are other rides that are going to be using
1: boarding passes and that Indiana Jones is the first one. So how about that? Well, I mean, they could extend it into, uh, into Avengers campus for Spidey. So, um, yeah, that's right. For sure. I mean, good point
0: that, that, that will probably be the next one that gets yeah. at it.
1: So I think this is, this is proving out until like you know, come June fourth, and then you may see Spidey appear on there. But uh yeah, it's uh, I mean, it's it's good, but I don't think I like the idea of being limited to only one ride. You know, in the day. that bummed me yeah. out.
0: <laughs> I saw that.
1: It basically means like, dude, get into
0: indie early in your day so that you can hit it before that virtual queue starts so that you do have the option for uh, if that queue does kick in, you'll at least have the option of a second ride. Or if you don't feel up to it, then you don't have to worry about it. But limiting kind of what you can do is, is, uh, is a bummer. I think you kind of go in expecting that for Rise of the Resistance. I think we all understand that it's not always going to be like that for that ride. It's just during this kind of hyper popular period for it. But uh, but at least that's kind of you you know it started with that so you uh, totally understandable that that's kind of how things go but yeah for one of the like OG great rides of Disneyland it's weird to to have that limitation on I agree uh, another funky queue setup that, uh, that that I was reading about was Haunted Mansion so good news is that the stretching room is good to go they are using it. Uh, it's very limited in terms of how many people are allowed in at one time, but, uh, yeah, fully operational. So it's not the, it's not the walkthrough or kind of uh hacked out experience that, that you see at Disney world, or some of the other Disney parks, but, um, but they do have the option of going through, there's like a back entrance uh, to kind of help clean out the queue a little bit since there's so few people that are going down on that, uh, the, the yeah. stretching room kind of main entrance way, they have this uh, kind of like side entrance in the mausoleum. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like they're asking for volunteers. And it basically, you walk through this. It's kind of like down steps. It looks like it was maybe kind of like a cast member entrance that now has been kind of uh, very lightly themed up a little bit <clears throat> with like some portraits and vases and mm-hmm. with some flowers and a, you know, kind of lilies whatnot well- themed flowers uh along the way but it, it drops you off like right at the dune buggy entrance so you skip the stretching room you skip that kind of hallway uh walkway that you walk from the stretching room to the dune buggies uh so but interesting very very strange <laughs> they're doing that but it also does answer the question of do they have another way of getting down there other than the elevator they they do it sounds like yes yes they do so uh so yeah that's being utilized i might when i'm down there man i might end up just asking if i could do that one of my rides because it seems like such a unique kind of way of doing things i have to imagine that this is a very temporary kind of setup so why not while well, uh all the getting's good yeah,
1: it definitely sounded like it was the if you wanted to get on the ride it was the quickest way to get on the ride if you were going to if you wanted to go through the stretching room, they were only letting like five groups in at a time, and that was gonna like cause you to wait so um, yeah but yeah i I definitely agree I would probably want to do both as well. I would want to do both as well. I just you know, see what they they said why up. not take advantage <laughs>
0: so. <clears throat> Who knows if we'll ever be able to mm-hmm. do that again. It's, uh, you know, you got to get it while it's good. The, uh, the other weird kind of thing that I saw mentioned a bit, this was, this was, uh, this kind of took me on an emotional journey because we've talked about over and over and over this. I think we even, we were talking about this last episode about how dark previously, uh, a lot of these Disneyland dark rides have become and that, most recently, the haunted mansion had become brutally dark. Where it was like, "What's going on, guys? Like, we gotta turn some stuff up, right? We gotta, we gotta, we gotta adjust these light switches because things are things are feeling a little bit dim, mm. right?" So we were very curious to see is any of that going to be addressed. Uh, and so at first, I think this was from maybe the cast member preview. I heard a few comments saying about how vibrant everything looked. And I was very excited. I was like, okay, great. This is what I'm talking about. I want that vibrancy. Like I I don't want it to be like light, light, but I want things to kind of have that nice glow to them that makes it feel like, you know, yeah, you're looking at some, you're looking at some paranormal stuff going on. Um, And so I was very excited to hear that. And then once everything opened up, I've heard nothing but people talking about how dark, All of these dark rides seem Peter Pan, Snow White, Pinocchio, Haunted Mansion. Everyone has been complaining. Well, I shouldn't say everyone. I've seen a lot of complaints about how dark these rides are. And there isn't an answer on this. Obviously, you're not going to get an official answer. It seems like the most common guess that people have is that because where everyone's now queuing outside. Nobody has that moment to adjust their vision, right? Like you're, you're still kind of adjusted to the outside super brightness. You go inside to a very dark ride, your eyes haven't had a chance to adjust before things start up and you're kind of adjusting mid ride, maybe midway through things get uh, a little more normalized. Maybe not. Maybe if it's a short ride, you can kind of go through, blow through the whole thing with it feeling very dark. But, uh, but yeah, I saw a lot of complaints about how dark, especially the haunted mansion was from a lot of guests that were there during normal opening time. So my heart sank hearing that a little bit. <laughs> I mean, hopefully it's just like eyes adjusting, uh, to darkness. And when things open up a little bit and we're able to cue inside a little bit more, Then uh, that'll be solved there. Definitely means that the first go-round with Haunted Mansion, I'm going through that stretching Mm -hmm. room, hanging out there long enough for things to adjust, taking my time in that hallway. But still, I don't know, Henry. (laughs) This is not what I want to be hearing before uh, before a trip. It's not what I want to be
1: hearing after this major refurbishment
0: about how dark everything still looks.
1: Yeah, I mean we'll just have to see for ourselves but i think you you do bring up a really good point because yeah everybody is having to queue outside like that was one thing about the the snow white snow white ride is that you know that queue part portion that was inside they had everybody outside to avoid that so yeah you're not getting your your vision to adjust until like you're, you know, too far into it. Um, so yeah, that would be the uh, the argument to make sure that you go through the stretching room and adjust your eyes. Yeah, yeah, but anyway, th-
0: those were the things
1: that really stuck out
0: for me. I mean, and all of that is in addition to just a lot of people feeling really good about being back in. Disneyland again and really enjoying kind of the moment of just that collective moment of being with everybody in this park after so long, you know, for over 400 days. Uh, so it was really nice to see a lot of people are saying like, you know, it, it's weird being back with masks and all of these different procedures in place, but that it still felt like that magical Disneyland uh, that, that, that we all kind of recognize. So good times uh, super excited to to have disneyland back open again to have people being back in that park again can't wait to be one of those people clock is ticking i'm counting down the days so we'll uh we'll see but yeah man good good times it felt just really good to hear all of this excitement being gushed about disneyland again because man it's been like it's, it's been weird obviously been a little weird running a podcast about Disney uh, specifically focused on Disneyland with the park being closed but just generally you know it's uh it's always nice especially after the last year that we've had to just hear people be really excited about things again
1: yeah I mean it it's it's about time we actually can like experience Disney for ourselves and and universals uh, as well yeah. um, it's just been just far too long and, and you have all this like build up anticipation for you know new rides and new lands and and it's just been you know the delay of you know i guess you know the shutdown basically like you know and then all these times they had like like last year when they did the you know halfway to uh, to halloween just that just you know building up that excitement and then the letdown at the end when when it wasn't open. Uh, so yeah, a lot of excitement, you know, coming and a lot of stuff to look forward to. Um, so yeah, I, I think this is, I mean, regardless that we're still in kind of pandemic mode, I think there's a lot to look forward to, uh, this year moving forward. So it's nice. Definitely, very excited. Oh my god, it is! It is
0: nice, and is and it is exciting. And if just all of this phase one reopening wasn't exciting enough, dude, they have been hitting us with new amount, uh, new announcements recently for just what's coming for phase 2. It's almost like they're treating this reopening like a uh, like the Marvel phases, right Henry? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. You're a Marvel <laughs> fan. They're they're teasing what's to come while you're currently excited about what the new hotness is. So, we got uh the first announcement, Alfresco Tasting Terrace. So this is within Disney California Adventure. It's going to be reopening on May twentieth, and it's going to be reopening as an exclusive location for Legacy Pass holders, uh, which is crazy, right? So this 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 history of Alfresco Tasting Terrace is kind of funny. It was like a hidden gem within Disney California Adventure, sort of out of the way. Not a lot of people knew about it, but then the secret got out. It blew up. They closed it down for a little bit, and then in January of twenty twenty it reopened as a pass holder exclusive location. Now, obviously there are no more pass holders. So they're keeping it legacy pass holders. If you had a pass hole, if you had a, if you had an annual pass before and you're still a legacy pass holder, you get access. So a very cool thing that they're doing. This is, these, these are kind of these perks that we were talking about before of, uh, of getting kind of cool exclusive stuff for legacy pass holders really giving them something to in this case literally chew on uh so that is yeah it's going to be opening may 20th so this month that place is going to open that's uh that's good times
1: yeah i mean they uh legacy pass holders get something like specifically for them i'm i'm gonna plan on
0: stopping by I'll, i'll give you my report we also have the blue bayou we've been waiting for this one right that is reopening on May 27th with reservation starting on May 18th. And the new menu has already been updated online. Uh, and it, it includes those alcoholic beverages that are now a part of the menu. This is making it the second place uh, available to the public anyway, within Disneyland to serve alcohol. So those are now uh, on that menu. If you want to check it out, Henry spoiler, a hurricane is $15.
1: Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, most of the drinks I think in uh uh Ogas is is around $15 too, so
0: it's definitely not egregious.
1: You're right. I mean, plus, I mean, even just getting there like regular like special drinks like the uh before were like $8 I think. So, yeah. Not no. a surprise. Yeah, it's true. It is
0: weird to think about that you're paying for uh, your drink is half of your entree, but it is Disney. I mean, listen. If you're going to the Blue Bayou anyway, you're <laughs> you're 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 open to spending a little bit of change. So it uh, that makes sense. But that so the thought that I had with Blue Bayou opening, and this is the same case with Alfresco Terrace, uh, tasting Terrace as well. A little less so for that than Blue Bayou, but. The nice thing is these will be additional dining locations, specifically table services that are opening up at these parks. Hopefully, I'm confident this is the case with Blue Bayou. It's going to relieve some of the pressure that uh, we've been seeing with, you know, all of these table service locations being completely filled for, you know, months and months in advance. As soon as that window opens up, it's locked in. So I'm hoping selfishly in this case, that maybe a few of the people that have Cafe Orleans reservations on the days that I'm going to Disneyland decide to go to the blue Bayou and open up something for me, please, please. I want to go to Cafe Orleans. That'd be great. But, uh, but I think just in general, having more options for people is, is not going to be a bad thing. It's going to relieve, uh, it's going to open up some spots for people to go, especially people that want a Monte Cristo because there are now two locations serving that within Disneyland. So that's, uh, can't complain.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely blue Bayou being open is, is a good thing. Them ser- serving alcohol is just going to drive up, you know, you know, people's, uh, interest in going there. So, uh, I mean, it's just going to wind up being, yeah, it's going to be harder to get into blue Bayou, but maybe easier to get in cafe cafe Orleans. Or, uh, <laughs> worst-case scenario, it's hard to get in both, which I think is probably going to be more likely the, uh, the trick. Uh, yeah. So For sure, man. Ben. Uh, Knock-on
0: benefit to this is that uh, you uh, no longer go through the intro to Pirates of the Caribbean with an empty restaurant. Uh, that, that feels wrong. Yeah. Feels like there needs to be people in the blue bayou when you're riding pirates of the caribbean. But that like I said, that's a knock-on benefit. Uh and uh so uh, another another fun update here. Uh the Paradise Pier Hotel, which is that third uh, it's not really a value hotel. It's the less expensive uh hotel choice if you're looking for an uh, an on-site Disney run hotel at Disneyland. Uh, less expensive, being like you know three to four hundred dollars a night, but uh, that's going to be reopening June fifteenth. Uh, interestingly enough, this date was uh, was curious to me because that is the exact date that California has said that they're reopening their economy. That this tiered entry, which is restricted uh, people and is currently restricting capacity at uh, all of these parks in California. That's going by the wayside. So it's going to be completely up to Disney and Universal to decide to do whatever they want to. So interesting that that is the date they've chosen to reopen it. Makes me wonder if that is also the date that capacity is going to tick up a little bit. It's something we've thought about that maybe that's going to be the case seems to seems to be a, a little more fuel to the fire. Here, yeah, I think huh?
1: they're definitely going to uh, up capacity. I don't think they're going to go to like full capacity. Uh, they're not going to. I don't think they're going to rush it because. But I think they're definitely going to like maybe they go from twenty five to fifty percent capacity. Uh, so you know, it, it's gonna. It it's definitely. I, you're right. I think. Uh, they are going to up capacity Um, otherwise uh why open up another hotel yeah exactly yeah totally my thoughts exactly uh
0: yeah it'd be wild to think i mean 25 to 50 seems seems like a big jump but who knows i mean if the parks are really this empty and they're in a good place why not dude i mean you got to fill people you got to fill some people in that uh that uh hotel and they and if people are staying at that hotel they're going to the parks yeah. <laughs> there's no question about that so uh so yeah that uh that could be the case for sure and then uh and then finally last but certainly not least yeah the president of disneyland ken potrock he made a couple of significant announcements on a d25 podcast but he said first of all Jungle Cruise is going to be reopening this summer, and this is the Jungle Cruise with all of these cultural sensitivity train uh, cultural sensitivity changes that have been done. Uh, Disney World, of course, they've been keeping the ride open as they've been kind of piecemealing uh, these changes throughout Disneyland. They decided let's just keep let's just keep it closed, especially since uh, they presumably started work before the parks even opened gives them a shorter time period that they can bang it out and have it ready for the summer. Sounds great. Very curious to see how that's going to look, but nice to see that we have a confirmation. It's it's not long uh, at all, that we'll have to wait before we see some of this. And then the last piece of news, perhaps the most interesting piece of news here is that the new and improved Disneyland membership program will be launching by the end of the year. That's uh, it's pretty significant, man. We were thinking it would be a little bit longer, but it seems like, I mean, again, guesstimate on my part, I'm very curious to see how much, I, w- I would be curious to to hear, and we'll never know this for sure, but I'm curious how much the I don't want to call it lack of interest, but the uh, the wide open availability for so many of these reservations. I'm curious how much that influenced, I would, that. at least the timeline, and that we saw this year as opposed to, maybe
1: yeah, last I year. think I, I definitely agree that um, I think that was my assumption as to why a lot of the for the wide open availability is that people just didn't want to like throw that money away. For, I mean, it's not throwing money away buying the ticket, but you know, they would rather put that money that they would put towards a ticket to getting like an annual pass, you know, or sub whatever sort of thing that they come up with. Uh, yeah. Because otherwise, yeah, if you if you're buying a ticket now and you're, you know, they announce it like two weeks from that, after that, you know, months after that you know that money was basically kind of you know wasted you know you can't put that back to the uh the annual pass so so sure. i mean yeah yeah since but, uh you know most of the people are you know are locals you know they're going to be like hey i'm gonna go to the park multiple times throughout the year so i'd, I'd rather have the annual pass than than have the uh or whatever it is, then have like the single one-off ticket. Uh, it's just makes smart money.
0: Sure. And certainly if they, they weren't planning on holding off before, they're definitely doing that now, right? Like there's no way if you had it in your in your mind, like, oh, I'll go a few times or something like that a year. And now all of a sudden this announcement happens. You're like, well, you know what? maybe maybe if i go once right now that can uh i can hold off until end of the year maybe early next year put that money towards an annual pass and then yeah o- open things up i mean we'll see what these uh memberships look like certainly it's not every everything seems to be pointing to the fact that it will be more restrictive and that you won't be able to just drop in whenever you want but certainly yeah, it uh, your money's gonna go a little bit further if you plan on making multiple trips. So I mean, it um, like I said, the timing is interesting because, yeah, it uh, it definitely lines up with this idea that maybe things were a little bit softer in terms of what they were expecting that initial rush for reservations to be. But the kind of knock on benefit, certainly for everyone that goes right now is that it's a very comfortable park experience, which is great something that I know that Ken Potrock has discussed before the fact that like three hour waits, I believe it Chapik mentioned this as well. Three hour waits for a ride is, 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 is a sign not of success, but of, of something is, is wrong in the way that you're kind of planning the flow of the park, that that is less desirable than, you know, uh, uh just kind of a general flow of people from rides to ride that, that maybe things are a little bit more comfortable as opposed to, the crunch that we've just come to expect from any kind of peak time frames which again has been like growing in terms of what that uh what the uh what the extent of those peak time frames that we're seeing at Disneyland the, the, the you know we've been seeing that
1: increase over the years I agree it, it just sounds like if you're standing in line for so long you know people who saved up throughout the year to make a big trip vacation they're going to have kind of a a less than stellar like vacation and trip to like remember you want you want them to have a bit more you know they don't want to just remember the ride the the line they were in Fortville Pride you want them to remember the ride so
0: it totally and so now with the as we're kind of approaching slowly this question of well when are they going to open it up to out- of staters? With this announcement that we have, uh, you know, membership uh, annual passes on the horizon here with that keeping locals probably away from the park more than it normally, more than they normally would, more than certainly without this announcement, it does open it up more for just a comfortable experience for people that are out of state or people that are spending a little bit more now and that maybe won't be into the uh, annual passes later on down the road, right? So it kind of extends that ideal, comfortable experience to even more people. So I, that seems like that's a positive uh, knock-on effect as well. It'll be, man, it's so interesting to see just how all of this is uh, is unfolding. It's definitely not, I think, how any of us would have predicted it with, uh, with capacity being what it is and, not as many people jumping on the reservations immediately as we thought would. And these uh, passes coming in sooner. But I mean, at the end of the day, it all seems to be, you know, a a positive thing. Like people are enjoying themselves more in the park and you know that I'm not going to complain about
1: that. Oh No, No, I agree. It's, it's, it's at a point where like, you know, it, it looks like people can really enjoy themselves. Um, it's not perfect, but it's it's really close to perfect. They just need to I'll they just that. need to have like food availability to be not such a, a hassle. But uh, you know, I'll yeah. take a I'll take the l- lower crowds.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you know what? After a couple of fifteen dollar hurricanes. It's all good, baby. (laughs) That just about does it for today. Remember, you can catch The Great Park Hop each and every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite podcast service just so happens to be. As always, if you made it this far, you're hopefully enjoying the podcast, so don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review, and hit that button like button this has been episode 52 of the great park hop and we'll catch you in two weeks until then stay healthy everybody henry you take care big guy you
1: too take care everybody
0: bye